0: Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you today, safely ensconced in uh, the bunker uh, deep underground in the hill country as I was watching uh, Harley maneuver Squinchy and his uh, tank uh, up the stairs. Our elevator is out again here. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, always, it's a good thing he has that scissor lift because he's able to uh, walk it up the, the front of the... They're two different scissors. He's got one on the front of the back tank and the back of the tank, and so he can move it up and down stairs. And so that's a typical Friday morning in the hill country. We're so happy to be here. And if I, um, if I forget, and you know, I often do, I get to the end of the show and I don't even know what day it is anymore because I've gotten carried away on something, but, um, be nice to the tourists for crying out loud. You know, I had, uh, I actually have people say that to me now when I'm uh, in a in a conversation with them, and uh, it's uh, yes. That uh, we'll talk to you later. Uh, yeah, thanks for dropping by, Matt. Uh, be nice to the tourists. So yeah, yeah, for crying out, be not be yeah for crying out loud. Be nice to the tourists. You're going to find yourself a stranger in a strange land someday, and you'll want those uh, the locals there to be nice to you. So just turn around and do it here in the hill country it's uh, like an invasion of uh, of beneficial locusts that happen every weekend and uh, they come in and uh, they eat a lot of food drink a lot of wine but they leave a lot of money and uh, which gives us the ability to continue living in this uh, beautiful part of the world so thank you to everybody who showed up at our our our, our annual guns and roses meeting uh, otherwise known as the uh, Regular February meeting of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, the second Thursday of every month. It's uh, We just have always made the February one special because it's always so close to Valentine's Day. So thank you, everyone. We had an absolute uh, full house. In fact, I didn't even get any dinner, and I didn't get any cake, and I'm the one that baked the cake I had to take the empty pans home, and on the drive home, I'd reach over and I'd pull some crumbs off of the top of the pan. And I got up this morning and went to my truck, and there's like little chips of uh, little pieces of chocolate frosting and uh, icing and uh, 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 cake all over the front of the truck. And I'm thinking, oh, it's a bunch of hippies spent the night in my truck, I guess. So anyway, thank you, everybody, for coming. We had amazing an amazing presentation last night i want to thank lee gibson uh Wes verdell for they just have the complete package and uh it was a real easy meeting for us to pull off um because they uh, lee gibson west those guys are so with gun owners of america they are they've they've got their stuff in a row they got their ducks in a row and uh came with an amazing presentation uh, next month's meeting is going to be uh, from a. a it's got, well, i I'm going to talk more about that later. I don't have all the notes in front of me, but I'm going to bring that up. But next month's second Thursday meeting is always on the same number day as the February meeting, except for every four years. So if you need to tell the kids about that, second Thursday of March is going to be March 9th. Second Thursday in February was February 9th. So next meeting of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, March 9th, Thursday night. Go ahead and get that on your calendar. Um, We uh, have a really good presentation uh, coming from, you know, it's an expert. They're from out of town and they got a briefcase. And so that is uh, second Thursday next month. Um, And right following the second Thursday of next month will be Monday, March the 12th, and um, why is that not sitting right in my brain? Because it's not the 12th. It's the 13th. Monday, March the 13th, the Fredericksburg Tea Party is uh, hosting a, a bus ride to the Capitol for Faith and Family Day. And um, we're going to be doing pickups in uh, Kerrville, followed by Fredericksburg, followed by Dripping Springs. And uh, when we leave the Capitol in the afternoon, if you're lucky, we will drop you off at the same place we picked you up in the reverse order. So that means uh, Kerrville folks are going to have to be the earliest out of bed that morning. But don't worry. It's a comfortable bus complete with amenities. And um, the uh, you'll be able to snooze. Take another, you know, get yourself another hour nap on the way over to San Antonio And uh, we'll probably have some snacks and a little bit of coffee or juice or something. Who knows what will be on there. But if you want to ride that bus to the Capitol for Faith and Family Day, and by the way, the guests that are going to be there are amazing. Um, This gets better every year. Um, Abby Johnson, who, if you don't know um, uh, the movie Unplanned, by Abby Johnson, was a true story. If you remember, she was the woman who worked at Planned Parenthood and I believe even got the uh, Employee of the Year Award, maybe, um, and um, was, uh, but had never been in the back room, had never been part of a an abortion process. And uh, But she was all about abortions and Planned Parenthood and promoting it and getting women in there to... Uh, to uh, kill their babies, and so when she got called in, when she got called in, one day, it said, look, I need help back here. All you got to do is stand over there and, you know, hand me this, hand me that. I think her job was to watch the uh, sonogram, um, if I believe correctly, and when she actually saw on the sonogram a baby fighting against the tube that was coming down to suck the baby apart, she couldn't do it anymore, and uh, thus the movie Unplanned. If you haven't seen that, it's an amazing, and it was a real person, and that was Abby Johnson, and she is going to be up there as part of Texas Faith and Family Day. There's two more guests, and I'm looking at the clock. I don't even have time to start talking about Riley Gaines, but you know the name. Corey DeAngelis may not be a name you know, but you're going to know the name. He has uh, He's a native of San Antonio, but has living, been living long, uh, has been for quite some time living away from Texas. He is coming back to Texas, and so a lot of people around the country know who Corey DeAngelis is. Um, Texas is about to find out who Corey DeAngelis is because he is going to be fighting for school choice in Austin at this uh, during this session, and uh, so folks, uh, that is the biggest thing we need to be concerned about right now. We have an emergency. We have an emergency uh, going on right now. We need to save our kids, and um, that emergency. We're gonna, when we, we're going to take a break, and when we get back, I'm going to talk more about emergencies. Y'all stay tuned. Oh, you know what? Almost forgot. I'm a little discombobulated this morning, Um, so I better randomly pick uh, some wise words of uh, wisdom from uh, Ben Franklin, and uh, here's, you know, uh, here's a good one. He has changed his one-eyed horse for a blind one. He has changed his one-eyed horse for a blind one. I will let y'all riddle that one out, and uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Protecting Texas for future generations. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. The Hill Country Patriot. All right, we are back. You're listening to the Matt Long Show on the Hill Country Patriot, and we are your information station in the Hill Country of Texas. If you're driving around in your truck, you're listening to us on 104.3 on your FM dial, or maybe 102.1, and you could be anywhere in the world except for, I think, North Korea and um, uh, Syria. I-, I can't remember the third country, but there's... Uh, three countries that officially banned uh, the Matt Long Show. And uh, I've even got the, I'm not making that up. I actually, I could print out the email I received saying that we had been banned. Um, so that's uh, thats not just a funny, that's actually true. Um, and I'm proud. I'm as proud of that as I am when they finally kicked me off of Facebook um, you know, I was getting so embarrassed that everybody I knew was getting kicked off of Facebook, and I still had a presence there. Um, and it eventually happened, so I was very proud of that effect. Um, so last night we had a very special guest, uh, a fellow by the name of Stephen Williford. Um, you may know him as the Barefoot Defender, and uh, the reason he was called that is because when the— uh, shooting occurred when a, a fella started, uh, who was, by the way, he was dressed in body armor. It's had tons of, uh, magazines with him. Yeah, I didn't call him a clip, did I? He had tons of magazines with him and, uh, was piled up and ready to go, body armor, everything. And he starts on the outside of this Baptist church in Sutherland Springs, starts shooting up and then heads into the building. Well, living across the street was, uh, Stephen Williford and his daughter, um, I don't know if she was visiting or if she lives there, but his daughter said, uh, dad, I'm there's a, something going on over at the church. And it sounds like a whole lot of gunshots. So Stephen Williford, and, uh, this is from his testimony last night. He said he went to his safe and, uh, grabbed his, uh, AR and, um, uh, he was, um, what, ha- grabbed a handful of shells and, um, and was, uh, Actually, loading a magazine. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to uh, quiz the guy on this. Um, but he was actually loading a magazine as he was running across the street with his uh, AF AR-15, and um, was uh, managed to get seven uh, shells into the magazine, get the magazine into his weapon. And um, he said, when he entered the building and saw what was going on. He immediately started shooting at the guy like you're supposed to, right? The bad guy. He was a good guy with a gun, and it was an emergency. It was an active emergency. It was going on. You can see his story. I'm not going to go into more of his story, but it was an active. It was a serious emergency. And as we're sitting there listening to him, I know that probably a lot of people in the room, probably most of them. Are thinking, okay? What would I have done? How would I have handled that? Would I have grabbed my AR? Would I have grabbed a a pistol? Would I have? Did I need to go to the safe, or was my AR leaning up against the, like in the movies, leaning up against the, the door, you know, ready to go with something chambered? That's not good safety habits. So you're thinking. I'm thinking through all this, what would I have done in emergency? Well, unfortunately, we never know what to do in an unplanned emergency. The The only thing we know if there's an, unpl- an unplanned, and this is going to make sense in a minute, if there's an emergency obviously not planned, you, you, you don't all of a sudden become a superhero like the movies and, and have amazing abilities and you can go in and, you know, Kung fu the guy right out, or whatever. You only are able to fall back on whatever level of training you have had. But the point of this was this was an emergency. And we use that word, and we see the ambulance, and you see the lights flashing, and the sirens wailing. And it's an emergency, it requires immediate action. There is another type of emergency that the left has started using this term, not started, but they've been using it for quite a while, and it is the climate change emergency. All right, now follow with me. Um, and by the way, I don't buy into all the nonsense um, on this, um, So, and that's not the point of this. The point of this is the word emergency. They're calling it emergency. Well, that's quite a bit of a different type of emergency, than lights flashing, gunshots going off. Those are things you see and feel immediately. When the left says there's a climate emergency, we're looking out the window, and it's not an emergency you can feel or see, but they've convinced a lot of people that it is an emergency. What I want to talk about is the emergencies in front of us that are the same type of emergency as the climate change people would lead you to believe now i'm not saying that that is a an emergency but that's what they're leading a large part of the population into believing that this is an emergency we need emergencies on our side we have an emergency going on with our children and our schools it, it's not flashing lights it's not a siren sounding. There's not gunshots going off. This is a slowly unfolding disaster, all right? It's like an earthquake in slow motion. Um, it is a, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to come up with some analogies here. It is a destruction of our country through our children, and it's happening very quickly, and it's happening right under our noses, but to the most of us, we don't see the flashing lights, hear the sirens, or hear the guns going off, right? And so it's not a feeling emergency if we put it into emotions, but it is a factual and real emergency. And the thing is that we if you're listening to me, you know this. You know this, that the, the, the progressives, the liberals have come and taken out all of our good teachers. They have taken out our everything good out of our school system. They have replaced it with garbage and junk, and they're hoping to make your children as different from you as possible, right? And so the emergency is going to spread out over. Twelve years, over sixteen years, going through public schools and then going on to our the majority of our institutes of higher learning. Um, yeah, higher might have something a whole lot to say in there. Higher learning, and but this is an emergency. This is an emergency. Now Stephen Williford had the had the. Um, I'm not going to say fortune's not the right word. Stephen Williford was in the right place at the right time, had the right tools, and was the right kind of person that knew to go and get engaged. And yet, when you talk to Stephen, all due respect, he's just a normal dude. He ain't nothing special. He puts his pants on two legs at a time, all right, or one leg, <laughs> one leg at a time. Yeah. You you were, you know where I was going with that. We need, and this is important. This is an emergency with your children and with your schools. And it's all going to unfold slowly. It's like a very slow nightmare opening up or one of those movies that uh, really feels good and is going along. And then the music changes and you go, wait a minute there's going to be something jump out behind that door because you can tell the change in the music, right? Or the change in the lighting. Folks, we are in an emergency with our kids. Everything's always looked real good. And you may say, you know, my kid, my third grade teacher, she's, she's a good teacher. My Our fifth grade teacher, he's a, he's a good teacher. Folks, they are in a system that is sick and has a disease. And if there's still good teachers in your local schools. Count yourself fortunate, but get in with them. This is an emergency. We need to all be Stephen Willifords and not grabbing our AR-15s and, and loading up a magazine on the way across the street, right? Not, not, this is a slow emergency. And yet, it'll come to the day where it'll be too late to make any changes, and at that point in time, where, where are you? You just say, well, it, I can't do nothing about it now. I guess it is what it is. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's go get a drink. Three guys in a truck. One of them says, is this, uh, is this, is this the town of Wimberley? And the second drunk says, uh, no, it's Thursday. And the third drunk says me too. I'm thirsty. Let's pull over and get a drink. Um, it's an emergency, folks. We need to get engaged. You need to stand up. See Stephen Williford, when he stood up, he stood up knowing that the other guy was going to be shooting live ammo right back at him. Folks, when you stand up and go to a school board meeting, they're going to be shooting ammo as you well at you as well. It's spiritual ammo. You're going to be under fire, not from physical bullets, right? but you're going to be under fire. It's time to gear yourself up to be ready for this emergency. You need to go start being part of your school board meetings, of your shack meetings. You need to get involved with Tara Patch and her Moms for Liberty, who, by the way, are going to have their first meeting, official meeting here in the Hill Country. We're excited about that. She's, got, she's bringing some guests in that are so big she can't even name them until the last minute. Um, but it is an emergency, but there's just not sirens. It's an emergency, but there's not bullets flying, not physical bullets. Your children are being fired upon by spiritual bullets. Your schools are under an invasion Right now, and have been for quite some time, and the invaders have got a big old fat head start on us. We need to start treating this like a slow emergency. And if you don't know what to do or how to do it, I I said this the other day, folks. We are beyond the time where you're going to be the first one that raises his head. A few years ago, and I think it was uh, Pastor Greg and I were talking about this on Tuesday, a few years ago when we were a lot of us getting engaged in the conservative movement and going up to the Capitol and and going to city council and school boards, there were very few of us doing that. And so it was the few that stood up. Many of them were taken down right quick. And uh, so it was difficult a few years back to tell people to get engaged. It's like, you want me to get engaged in our local school board meeting? Do you know how many this is a small town, Mr. Long. You know, I go to church with a bunch of those people, and, and man, if I get up and, and, and make, a, make a, you know, speak in front of the school board and make a fuss, you know, like the paper said, we, we don't want the attention, you know. We, we don't want to draw attention to Fredericksburg. Y'all sit down and shut up or do this behind closed doors. And so there was an open attack on people who were getting engaged. Ask Tara about it. Woo, man, she got it as bad as I think I've seen anybody get it up here um, in the hill country. So now is the time, because all those so many other people have already stood up. They've already taken the big risks. They have exposed themselves. They've gone out in front and are leading the, the conservatives and the Christians into battle against this slowly emerging emergency a slowly opening emergency and now is the time to stop it now is the time to cut it off it's never been easier than it is right now it has never been easier you just need to show up with those people who are already showing up you need to go to the school board meetings you need to be you need to start learning how to give a 2 minute or a 3 minute talk in front of a group of people, whether it be in front of a school board or it be at the Capitol. These are your weapons to fight back. That's your AR-15 is your ability to give a three-minute talk to the school board. So picture yourself as grabbing your notes and heading out the door barefoot to go defend your children. Be the barefoot defender in our schools for an emergency that does not have flashing lights, the sound of gunfire, or wailing sirens. Folks, um, we're going to take a short break, and we will uh, be right back. Y'all stay tuned. Rhinos hate him. Come I mean, out, come out, wherever you are. He's Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. There we go, a little bit of Ted to bring us in. On a Friday, and yes, I do have my Ted Nugent T-shirt on today. You'll know it's serious when I wear my Ted Nugent T-shirt and my Ted Nugent bandana. That's like the double uh, Ted whammy. Um, and I'll let you know when that happens, but right now, just in honor of Ted, I've got a, I've got camo. I've got the Ted Nugent T-shirt in a camo bandana on today. Um, So here we go. What's going on at the Capitol? Because uh, every two years for 140 days, we have lawmakers in Austin making decisions that are going to affect you, your children, your grandchildren, possibly for the rest of our lives. Some of those are good decisions, but the most part, they're bad decisions. There are lots of people across the state that go to the Capitol during this time there are people who make sacrifices and drive four, five, six, seven hours to spend the day at the Capitol. And in this part of the session, when they're going there, you know what? You know what all they're doing? Here's all what they're doing: they're building relationship in offices, and they're handing out one-pagers. That's it. There's not even a testimony going on right now. There's not any committee hearings. The Senate is having committee hearings, but I don't think they're allowed to vote on anything in the committees for a little while longer. Um, we have, uh, we still have a um, about four weeks, three and a half, four weeks for them for bills to be filed. I believe the deadline is something like uh, March 10th to, to file bills, um, and nothing can be heard or voted on on the floor until. The sixty days in, and of course the committees can't get to work until they're formed, and so um, the the Dade Phelan actually uh, formed our committees this week, um, and it was actually the um, longest time it took to um, form committees uh, in the House in the last seven sessions. He even beat his record last year of how long it took him to create committees. Um, I'm going to read you a little bit from uh, an article in the Texas Scorecard uh, written by Sidney Henry. This came out on Wednesday, um, probably Wednesday afternoon. But um, it says Speaker Dade Phelan appoints Democrats to leadership in Texas House. And here is a quote from somebody. I don't know who it's from. Um, but it says, uh, it is unfathomable the speaker put left-wing Democrats in charge of important and very partisan policy areas like criminal law, business, family issues, and youth health and safety. Um, so, yes, the, uh, much to the ire of the Republican Party, Texas House Speaker Dade Phelan has announced the committee assignments for the 88th legislative session and continued the practice of appointing Democrats to committee chairman positions. Banning Democrat committee chairmanships is one of eight Republican priorities for 2023, and although it is supported by more than 81% of Republican voters, a majority of Republican lawmakers failed to deliver folks oh, these republicans you know I, I i get so i get so upset oh a little birdie told me oh by the way a little birdie told me in uh, uh, that a, a certain county in the hill country who has uh, always had uh, the republican party in that uh, county um has always had um a very good relationship with uh with their um representative, even though their representative is a dyed in the wool rhino, a Democrat in disguise. Um but this this uh, county in uh, uh the Hill Country um recently has been going through a little bit of an awakening. It, it, it here I've heard this, and we're gonna get some backup because I think there's a letter Uh, a letter that was circulated um, by this uh, uh, group that uh, will back this up. But so far I've just heard about it, so I'm not naming any names. But apparently, after quite a few years, they have come to realize that their uh, representative um, isn't really a, a good Republican. In fact, they're finding out that their representative doesn't really support the priorities of the Republican Party. Uh, Maybe a couple of them. Um, And they also realized that their representative has been backing Dade Phelan and fighting for Dade Phelan and supporting Dade Phelan all along this time. And yet again, here we go, Dade Phelan stabbing in the back. Dade Phelan cannot do that without the support of your representatives. He can't do that. I was very disappointed in Ellen Troxclair's vote for the Speaker. She had an opportunity to stand up. wasn't going to matter. Her vote wasn't going to make a difference. She could have voted to not back up Dade Phelan and, and have made a statement at the very beginning, her first day in office. I'm very disappointed in that. Some people have already tossed her off the boat, have kicked her off the island for that. I'm not going to do that going to give her an opportunity to, um, to, I, I'm going to give her an opportunity to straighten that out the rest of the session. That one at, um, because actually, and, and I'll tell you why, because I know no matter what she did, Phelan was going to get uh, felon let's call him, start calling him Dade Felon, um, Dade Felon, um, Dade the felon. Um, he was going to get that regardless. All right. And, and it, it, it would have been, it, it just wasn't going to happen. So her vote, you know, I hate to say, didn't make a difference. And and then, of course, I always come right back then. Why in the heck didn't she vote for one of the other candidates? But I'm not going to kick her off the island for that. Let's see how she behaves. Um, it's very well known that the Honorable uh, Andrew Murr, uh, Andy the Mustache Murr has, uh, been on board with Dade Phelan and, uh, those rhinos from day one. He has, um, been against the Republican uh, majority, of the Republican priorities for a long time. He was not for, he did not believe in, um, what we call constitutional carry, what's called constitutional carry, but I call it permitless carry. Um, he was again, he stood right here in front of the studio one morning and we had a, uh, I asked him about it again, and he said, Matt, I have talked to my—the my, law enforcement uh, 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 honchos in uh, all my counties and all but one of them say that they don't want citizens running around with guns. And he said, so I'm going to respect those eight people. He, he had no respect for the—he didn't have any respect for the Republican Party, tens of thousands of people who got him elected, but he had respect for them— but then all of a sudden, in the last session, he came around. Isn't that amazing? So we get this crap we get in Austin and leadership of Dade Felon. Um, Dade the Felon, we get these things because our individual, each and every representatives has somehow got suckered in to this idea that what we need to do is... Um, just just let the Democrats uh, run the uh, state of Texas. Um, so, Phelan, Felon Dade the Felon, Phelan, Phelan um, ha even allowed, even refused to allow a vote, all right, on whether Democrats should be allowed to chair important committees. So, now, Felon, Phelan, Felon, Phelan, Phelan, Phelan has appointed eight Democrats to chairmanships of standing committees. Now, that's down from 13. Well, that's good. All right. So, uh, the Republican Party of Texas says Chairman Rat, Matt Matt Rinaldi Ratmanaldi, Matt Rinaldi told Texas Scorecard this is still a win, saying Republican opposition to Democrat chairs clearly had an effect in reducing the number of Democrats in leadership. However, let's take a look at these. The following House committees will be chaired by Democrats. Are you ready? Uh, the uh, Committee on Naming um, Bridges and Hats. Um, nah, there's no committee like that. Uh, the Committee for Selecting the uh, Storytelling Capital of Texas. No, no committee for that. How about this one? Business and Industry. Yep, Business and Industry. We need a Democrat, who, by the way, are all socialists these days. Yes, even the Texas ones. They're no different. They proved that when they got on the plane last two years ago and took off to Washington, D.C. with a 12-pack of, I don't even know what it was, Michelob Light or something like that. I don't know what it was, um, but it sure wasn't Lone Star. I think I would have noticed if it was Lone Star beer, but I don't think it was. So, no, they're putting business and industry. So we've got... Uh, 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 Oscar Longoria, from, uh, a Democrat from uh, Mission. Um, corrections. Oh, yeah, corrections. Those are the guys who, uh, along with maybe criminal jurisprudence and some of the other um, uh, issues that um, that possibly would have to do with um, criminals in our state and um, this practice of letting uh, uh, in Houston and the Metroplex and other of these dem- liberal Democrat cities... Um, of letting go uh, criminals and and emptying out or getting people out of prisons and all of that. So, yeah, the Corrections uh, Committee, Abel Herrero, a Democrat. County Affairs, Victory, Victoria, Nave, 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 I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Criminal Jurisprudence, as if it wasn't bad enough that we give corrections to uh, a. Uh, um, a Democrat but we give the criminal jurisprudence committee to a Democrat Joe Moody so do you think we're gonna improve our our uh, um, our the the felons the the killers that Houston's gonna let regularly let's go to go out and commit crimes do you think that a county run by a uh, uh, a committee run by a Democrats gonna help solve that No, it's the Democrats that are creating that problem. And yet, here we go, Dade Phelan, got a Dade Phelan, Dade Felon, and his supporters like Andrew the Murr Mustache and um, support this guy, support these uh, decisions because he voted for him knowing this is what Dade Phelan is going to do. Let's see, juvenile justice and family issues. There you go. That's another good one that we need a Democrat in heading. Harold Dutton. The Democrat. Family issues. Is this the, is this the committee that's going to hear whether or not a, uh, a parents can be told that their child is transitioning at school? I don't know. How about natural resources going to a Democrat? That's what we need. We need natural resources like oil and gas and, and the quarries uh, for building our roads and all of these. We need that run by a Democrat because, you know, Democrats are all about getting oil and gas out of the ground so that we can continue the lifestyle that we have created in these, this country. Yeah, no. Democrats, Tracy King, natural resources, where do you think that's going to happen? Resolutions, calendar. All right, here we go. Victory. Resolutions calendar. I think that being headed by a, um, a Democrat. I don't have a problem with that one. We'll see where that goes. Transportation. Oh, Lord have mercy. I can hear Terry Hall scream one more time. Oh, yep, there I heard her. She's all the way over in Ingram, and uh, I could hear her deep underground in the, in, uh, the bunker in the Hill Country Patriot. Um, transportation her old buddy Terry Canales, who she says has, I mean she obviously has a relationship with the guy. He's been working this for a long time and so Terry and and uh, and uh, Terry and uh, Terry Hall Terry Canales and Terry Hall they they uh, they've got uh, yeah but transportation. so once again so um, Terry Hall's gonna need your support when it comes to fighting these bills in a transportation committee because, you know, I'm pretty sure that the Democrats want us all riding bicycles and buses and uh, they want us off the roads. And um, so they put a Democrat in front of that committee. Here we go. From Matt Rinaldi, it is unfathomable that the Speaker put a left-wing Democrats in charge of important and very partisan Policy areas like criminal law, business, family issues, and youth health and safety. Oh yeah, what did I say? What youth health and safety? Um, Feilen has created, uh, or I'm sorry, Felon has created two select house committees: uh, youth health and safety, and healthcare reform. Um, The youth health and safety committee um, is going to be headed by, you guessed it, Sinfronia Thompson. Youth Health and Safety, and she is a Democrat. And uh, I'm assuming that to her, youth health means uh, affirming of your gender choice in minors. I don't know. I'll bet it. I'll bet uh, Sanfronia Thompson believes in the transitioning of minor children into um, dragons or the opposite sex or whatever. You can obviously you can transition to anything you want to. And no Democrat in the Texas House has stood up against that. And so, yes, Sanfronia Thompson, a Democrat, is going to be chairing the Youth Health and Safety Committee. Thank you, Dade Phelan. Thank you, Andy the Mustache Murr, for selecting Dade Phelan to take make such responsible decisions. Thank you, Ellen Troxclair, for making the decision to support and vote and back Dade feeling on your first day in your job. We want to thank you all for setting up another Democrat-controlled Texas House. Y'all stay tuned. I need to uh, get some of that incense and uh, chai tea out uh, that uh, Jacqueline Hall gave to me a couple of weeks ago. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. There's more where that came from. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. I'll be back. The Hill Country Patriot. Alright, we are back. It is Friday man be nice to the tourists would you for crying out loud be nice to the tourists i think we're probably going to have a uh, full house this weekend all across the hill country and yeah even the small little wee areas are starting to get invaded you know i had some friends that live in harper and i last time i was over in harper i was part of uh there was a podcast being um uh, filmed over there and i was on uh was had been invited, uh, uh, to be a guest on that podcast. And it'd been the first time, frankly, that I had, uh, driven through Harper. I just don't get out on, uh, going that direction very, very, very often at all. It's just not, I don't have a de- destination that takes me out past Harper on a regular basis. So when, uh, I drove through Harper, went to Harper, this was a few months back for the filming of this, um, podcast. And, um, I was, I was surprised there's businesses popping up. There's things are open up there. It's like, it's growing, which, you know, that's kind of the sign we look at in this country of, of growth, right? I mean, that's what we see That's success. And so all around us. And so I was talking with someone I just met the other day from Harper and I said, man, your town is starting to boom. And they were like, Oh, I know we moved out there to get away from all of that. And now it's all coming to us. So Yes, all over the hill country. People are loving it. They want to move here. That's why you moved here. Um, So be nice. Be nice to those people. And uh, if you don't like what they're doing on the land next to yours, buy it. (laughs) And if you can't afford it, don't whine. You got what you have, they got what they have. Leave them alone. All right. Then um, back to this emergency that I'm talking about, this slowly unfolding emergency, like a slow motion car wreck and it all nothing oh well that's just a divot here and a ding there and it's in slow motion and oh yeah that was a pretty good crunch there and oh yeah when they hit that barrier that was uh, it's all cr- but at the end you got cars overturned bodies on the side of the road but if you're watching it in slow motion it doesn't look all that bad we're watching slow motion. I think a lot of what people, um, a lot of the issue, is what I mentioned in the second quarter has to do being afraid to be the one to stand up. That's just not my personality, Matt. I I, I don't get out in front. I'm I, I'm I, I I just keep my head low and I'm living my life and I'll, I'll do something I can do to help you. In fact, uh, Angela and I have been told numerous times, look, we support them quietly, quietly. I support what y'all are doing, but you know, I have a business here in town, and if I get out and make a fuss, and it might affect me. Those days are over. Those days are over. So, what is it now? Are you ashamed to be a patriot? Are you embarrassed to be a patriot? Where do you think that would uh, land if you said you were embarrassed to be a Christian? Or ashamed to be a Christian? Or are you ashamed? of the gospel. This is from Romans 1 16. This is a writing by David Barton uh, that accompanies Rome sixteen Romans 16 in the Founders Bible, which by the way, they are out of stock. They can't get the paper to print them. It's going to be probably a uh, summer before any more um, copies of the Founder's Bible are available. But I'm reading off of page 1731. Jesus declares, therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. He further promises, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory. The Apostle Paul, therefore, tests that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The Apostle John reiterates that Christian saints overcome Satan, quote, because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. Clearly, the importance of a public profession of personal faith in Christ is a consistent theme of the New Testament in the Apostle Paul's ringing declaration that, quote, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16. Should, these should be words that guide you, guide the behavior of every Christian. Because the open acknowledgment of Christ has been a timeless indicator of one's personal Christian faith, such public confessions were numerous among Americans' founding fathers. As one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, Robert Treat Payne, declared, I'm now convinced that it is my duty openly to profess him, lest he be ashamed to own me another day. But most citizens know little of such professions from the Founding Fathers for Critics today have wrongly convinced millions of Americans that they are a collective group of atheists, agnostics, and deists. Typical of such efforts is a nationwide article wherein a professor declares our founding presidents were not Christians. Another article announces the Founding Fathers were not Christians, yet another proclaims the signers of the declaration were enemies of Christ in the LA Times Herald's Americans, America's Unchristian Beginnings, with an inset box declaring the founding fathers, most despite the preachings of our pious right, were deists who rejected the divinity of Jesus. Numerous others make the same charge. These absurd claims, these absurd claims, survive only because so few today actually take the time to read the Founding Fathers' own writer writings. And the Founders were prolific writers. For example, there are over 60 published volumes of the writings of George Washington, which include nearly 20,000 of his personal letters. I'm just going to stop there because we're out of time, but you'll need to finish that But I think it's interesting that they note that 20,000, I I can't even do the math quick enough. How many letters would you have to write if you were going to get 20,000 of his personal letters written? How many would you have to write? And by the way, that does not include the numerous letters that he wrote to his wife. You know why? Because his wife took those letters with her, she (laughs) destroyed those letters, knowing. Who George Washington was, and knowing where his place in in uh, future, where he would uh, land in history, she said, "We don't need the private writings between George and I to be made public." So even not counting those, he's got twenty thousand letters. That's amazing. So today, is it is this an emergency to you? Is saving the future of our our children and our schools, is that an emergency to you? you? You don't have to be the first one to get in line. You don't have to be the first one to stand up. There are numerous others who have gone on and are going on in front of you. All you have to do is get in line. Join up. Go, just start by going to uh, any one of the meetings that are going on all over the Hill Country. Every Tuesday, you can join me at the Capitol. Need more information? Go to the Fredericksburg Tea Party.org website. Fredericksburgteaparty.org website. And of course, if you want to improve your life and uh, improve your odds of winning the lottery, then stay tuned and listen to. Lorraine, because she is sitting here ready to go. We'll see y'all Monday. Be nice to the tourists.